Hello and welcome to the O100 Conferences 3TS podcast. This is Paolo Fuchs from O100 Conferences. Situation around COVID-19 is obviously unprecedented and almost nobody operating in the industry has foreseen it. Today, I'm here virtually over the Zoom with Elbrus Ilmas from 3TS and Martin Schelek from Innovation Nest. Conversation today is going to be about the tough decisions that VCs and entrepreneurs have to make during this type of crisis and how to cope with it financially and operationally. What entrepreneurs can do to make sure they survive the crisis and what to do after the crisis. Now I'm passing the word to you, Elbrus. Uh, all right, everybody. Good morning. Um, this is a, um, it's a special episode because uh, we have uh, Martin Schellack with Innovation Nest with us, whom we actually uh, recorded an episode uh, a few weeks ago, just before the corona crisis uh, hit us. And now we felt the need to catch up on our, on our discussion and see uh, how is life after corona impact. So today, again, I have my good friend Martin uh, uh, with us. Uh, so Martin, first of all, Uh, good to see you again, or good to talk to you again. Thanks for being available in these uh, crazy times. Um, how are you doing? How is your health, and how is how is work so far? Yes, yeah, so th- thanks, uh, thanks for for uh, getting me back on the on the podcast uh, to do this recap after those few weeks, which have been pretty turbulent. Um, so I, I guess on the personal front, everything is fine. Uh, so in Poland, we are under uh, quarantine. So. Everyone is staying home and, and trying not to get outside. Um, outside of that, you know, business uh, business is, is impacted in, in, in several ways, I think, um, as everyone by now uh, probably understands. So uh, from, from a uh, fund manager perspective, um, the last few weeks were all about catching up with, uh, with founders, uh, portfolio founders, and, and discussing the impact of loss of revenue on, on runways, on burn rates, like what, what, is the, what is the strategy right now to survive the next few months? Um, so that, that has been pretty hectic um, as we have uh, over 30 companies in the portfolio. And I think um, pretty much every single one of them was somehow impacted um, by, uh, by the coronavirus. So I think on a very general level, um, We, we are seeing one thing, so a huge and sharp decline in, in revenues uh, for, for many industries. Uh, of course, on the, on, the, on the flip side, there are some that are proving to be uh, like the cure for coronavirus. So I'm talking about all the sort of online tools, especially Zoom. So like if you look at their stock price that has appreciated, I think, more than 100% over the last uh, um, two months. Um, So yeah, I, th- I think it's it's on one side uh, a bit uneven uh, when it comes to portfolios of different fund managers because if you have um, a, a a big exposition or you're exposed in terms of travel or hospitality, um, I think most of those companies will be heavily impacted as um, as basically those businesses had to close, uh, and then depending on the countries, you know, it might have been this week or a few weeks already. So, so that's on one side. On the, on the other side, um, we, we see that depending on when companies raised uh, money last, uh, their situation differs greatly. So if you have companies that raised, managed to raise, you know, maybe in Q4 last year, 
they might be pretty safe to survive uh, this this market condition. As they have enough funding, they will probably scale back uh, when it comes to the team. Um, as team uh, costs uh, comprise mostly like eighty percent of the cost base, um, so so that's what we are seeing. The second um, uh, bucket of companies uh, are companies that have raised, you know, maybe twelve months ago, maybe eighteen months ago, uh, with the assumption that they will be raising this year uh, a, 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 the next round. So so I think they they are in a in a tougher situation. Uh, the cash is running out. If they were relying on revenue to finance some of the burn, um, I think that is drying up now, right? So the the runway is is getting shorter, and and I think that brings me to the to the general sort of consensus of the industry. So like if we look at uh, VC Twitter, um, people like VCs are communicating that they're open for business, but I think this is uh, um, uh, this is this is very much on surface because then then you have to look at the details right so uh depending on you know companies that that want to raise money uh for some it it might be impossible uh so i think raising money for um companies that address industries that have been heavily impacted like travel or hospitality might be very difficult so for example one company in our portfolio uh portugal based um, they sell to hotels most of their customers had to close down um, entirely, and they will remain closed for, for another two, three months, probably. Um, so so their, their fundraising had to be postponed, and now they are trying to figure out what can, they can do with the remaining cash that they have on hand. So I think we will see a lot of damage, uh, and many companies, many startups, I think, will not survive uh, this. Yeah. Well, thanks for this comprehensive overview. I think you touched upon all the uh, all the stakeholders of our industry. Uh, maybe we can also talk about the LP sentiment as well. But maybe let's take a step back because just like, as you said, many companies are suffering negatively. Only a few are may- maybe seeing uh, some positive trends like Slack and Zoom and other you know, uh, remote working uh, solutions, etc. Perhaps some online gaming businesses are benefiting from this as well. Yes. But when you take a step back and you have a portfolio of 30 companies across Europe, um, what I felt in our portfolio is that some entrepreneurs and founders are more prepared uh, than others. And I think this has to do uh, something that, you know, about their experience in previous crises, in financial mm-hmm. crises. Obviously, Corona is unprecedented. This is completely new, different. It's uh, never happened like this before. But I think how you deal with uh, an uncertain business environment uh, is strongly correlated with your experience and also preparedness. So how, how do you see this across your portfolio and other investors and founders that you have talked about? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you see that the ones that actually went through a few crises are better prepared, ready, and the ones that are a little bit more disciplined about running their businesses, they are coping better with this in terms of being proactive about things and being less uh, less you know comfortable in their chairs? Yeah. Um, so, so over the the past, I don't know, three weeks, I've been reaching out to different uh, investors, trying to sort of, you know, um, understand how they are handling the situation, depending on how their portfolio looks like at the moment. Um, I think uh, what is unprecedented, and and I think what is different this time, is that the global economy came came to a start, sudden stop, right? Uh, so even if you go back to whichever crisis you want to pick, uh, there was still economic activity. So 
So it's not like, like even like I was reading this, this excellent post um, about uh, different recessions and, and different crises. And, and someone was referring to the World War II crisis. And even then, <clears throat> trade continued, right? So people produced things and other people bought them, right? And, and the economy was, was going. Uh, today, what we are seeing is, is something completely different. So we see that businesses are, are, are closed, uh, so they are not able to generate any kind of revenue. On the other side, people are being let go uh, and they are getting um, maybe a paycheck from the government, which is like the minimum uh, to, to get a buy over the next month. Um, so they are not spending. So all the discretionary spending has been, has been cut. Um, so, so when you think about this, uh, I don't think anyone could have been prepared like for, for, for this unless uh, they were a bit lucky and they, they raised money uh, just before this, this entire crisis hit. And, and, and they can scale back. So basically, they can scale back the team, save cash, and, and somehow get through, through the, the, the rough times. Um, on the other hand, if you look at portfolios, um, I don't know what is the average uh, age of a founder these days. But you know, when it comes to our portfolio, we, we are talking about 30-year-olds, right? Uh, 30-something-year-olds, right? So, so they probably haven't experienced the last financial crisis that much. Uh, so they were in their early 20s um, and probably not, not uh, professionally active yet as they were maybe studying or something. Um, so I think this is their first time, like real crisis. Plus, you know, it's crisis times, uh, uh, times two because uh, all of the economic activity, activity has stopped. So I think... It's, it's very difficult to, to say whether someone was really prepared. Um, I think people are handling it in different ways, depending on what the actual situation of the company is at the moment. So we see some founders that, uh, um, that were almost at break-even or at break-even. So, so even with their revenue um, declining, they're still able to cut back on the, on the team or, you know, um, decrease the salaries a bit or, or something like, like that and, and, and get through the next month. Um, and I think we are not fully yet uh, um, like seeing the, the, the impact as if you, if you consider a billing cycle, like we deal with SaaS, right? So uh, yeah. you either have monthly, quarterly or yearly contracts or renewals, right? So, uh, and this is from, from one of our portfolio companies. So when they issued invoices in March, uh, most of the invoices have still been uh, paid. Uh, so I think it was like 80 uh, something percent. Uh, now the next billing cycle will, will start at, uh, on the 10th of, of April. So they will issue invoices uh, uh, for the 10th of April. And probably, uh, you know, this is going to be the first month, like billing month, uh, where they will see uh, a meaningful uh, decline in, in revenue. So. I think we, we are still some weeks ahead in terms of how bad this really uh, will be. Um, some companies are more impacted already because they, they didn't have, uh, they, they were not so fortunate in terms of revenue. So, so basically they were relying on, on external financing to, um, to, to, to finance the team and, 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 um, and the company. So, so they have to figure out like, how to survive the next few months with no revenue coming in and whatever they have left um, uh, from the investment. So, so, and I think these situations are, are much uh, more difficult, right? So that's yeah. why I think 
um, these these founders will uh, will have to be very creative uh, because uh, you know at the end of the day you can, can scale back to two three people right uh, so basically the founding team uh, you let go all of your employees um, of course it will set you back several months uh, in terms of where you are and if you are able to survive then then you will have to sort of pick up from from there and and, and start building again uh, but if that's what's needed then then that's what you probably have to do I think this is this is going to be uh, most probably like a cleansing exercise. So like if you look at the entire industry, like all the companies that startups that have been funded over the last uh, few quarters, um, maybe, you know, this is going to be a, a good exercise actually, right? So the most resilient uh, founding teams will, will survive. This is kind of my, my impression from all the discussions that I had. And and these are very tough decisions to make. So like if uh, you know some companies had seventy, eighty, a hundred people, and they had to sort of you know let go half of the team uh, to 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 basically extend the runway. So so you know there are no easy way out uh, today. Yeah, yeah. And and when it comes to the investor side, like what 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 people are saying, uh, and maybe some some more sort of experienced uh, friends um, from from other fronts. Uh, that have been through the the 2008 and 09 crises. Um, I, I think their general advice is that you have to somehow triage the the, the portfolio, uh, looking at you know who are the the company, which are the companies that can survive this and can come on top uh, once this is done. Um, you you of course have to sort of help them and, and focus on that. On the other side, when you when you have other companies that are maybe not doing so well and, and probably they will not come out of it successfully, um, maybe think about helping the people um, to to maybe I don't know relocate to other companies uh, if it's possible or or help in other ways. Uh, and, and 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 the only unknown that we have today is how long this will last and how exactly. severe will it be. And and exactly. no one knows it. Yeah, I think across the portfolio, also other companies, we are hearing different scenarios where they are saying that, okay, they will not get um, any revenues to, uh, you know, 50% of revenues in the next three to six months. And it's to be seen, nobody knows. And I think uh, the worst case scenario would be that there's no commercial activity at all for the next maybe three to six months. I don't know how long this will last. And then based on that, you say, assuming that you're doing OPEX reductions, staffing, et cetera, some cash, some maybe debt from banks, et cetera, if possible, yeah. to sustain the business, because we are also seeing that in the SaaS environment, Q2 will be a harsher quarter. Uh, as you said, you know, Q1, most most clients were still making payments and renewals, but Q2 will be a different reality. So uh, we'll see what the potential impact on that is. But that's, but that, that's yeah. one thing, and then it's, it's like the short-term impact. So like, I think now we've been, we've been shocked uh, by all of this, but then, the big question is how, how the recovery is going to look like. So, you know, some people are saying this this might be the, the beginning of the recession. Uh, others are even even more sort of uh, uh, convinced about that the recession is already happening. Um, so, so if 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 all of this, you know, uh, like the quarantines uh, uh, will get um, lifted and and people can go out and and and. I don't know, go back to work, like, will they actually have a workplace to go back to, right? What we are hearing is that more and more people, and this is not only tech, right? So, so tech is just, just, just one industry, but then tech sells to pretty much across the entire economy, right? So, so like, what, what are the other 
industries uh, going to do and, and how this is going to impact that from, from like, you know, production to, to, to retail to, to services. And yeah. I think this is the key question, like, okay, we can survive three weeks, I don't know, six weeks, but then if it's like a three year recession, uh, then definitely like funding will be cut uh, in, in some areas. Um, other areas will probably benefit from it. Um, so I think this is, this is the bigger question. Yeah, yeah, to be seen. I think we should also talk about post-corona, uh, you know, um, environment a little bit. But maybe before doing that, in our previous call, we talked about a lot of large funds um, coming to Europe, uh, VC investment being strong, a lot of LP appetite towards this asset class still globally, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. a growing industry, and now. Uh, what we are seeing is that most of those commitments and uh, considerations are on hold, but that money has to go somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. many, many of these funds have raised large new funds. Uh, they are maybe sitting and waiting now, but they will have to work on it uh, to deploy this capital and so will the LPs because they have also mandates. So what do you think about investment strategies during the time of crisis and post-corona where will this money go? Uh, are they going to still continue investing in technology companies or are they going to look for safer bets, uh, larger deals or different industries? Uh, because the industry cannot stop, right? All this money has to be deployed somehow unless everybody is calling up force majeure uh, clauses in their agreements. But yeah. what do you think is going to happen with yeah. all this capital? Yeah, there was, there was a great post, I think, yesterday published by Joyce McKenzie. And, and she, she, she wrote that, you know, in terms of European VC, there's like 1.5 trillion, I think, um, of, of assets under management right now, or, or dry powder to be deployed, right? Um, and, and the thing is, the caveat is that m most of that money or a, a large part of that sum is in Series A and above uh, funds, right? So it's not really... The seed stage that is somehow sitting on a lot of cash, being ready to sort of deploy, it's it's later stages. So when you think about it, um, maybe it's not going to be that different uh, once this is all done, because uh, like the number of Series A uh, companies or, or financings rounds uh, has been pretty much stable, I think. Uh, over the years. Of course, the, the seed has exploded, uh, so many more people try to build companies, but then uh, pretty much the same percentage graduates to, um, uh, to Series A. So I think uh, there will still be plenty of opportunities for those larger funds to deploy money. Maybe it will be more concentrated um, than, than, than before. Um, will it actually shift um, investment strategies or like areas where people are looking to deploy capital. Um, I don't know. So like, like there's some travel, obvious for example, like will yeah, they yeah. lose appetite towards online travel. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And, and I've rather, I'm, I'm, as we are invested in travel, like I've, I've read a few different posts that are sort of speculating on the post Corona, um, uh, uh, travel uh, sort of environment and and they're quite positive so so to give you one statistic like pre pre corona uh 1.2 billion um global travelers um and they're estimating that within the, the next you know few years 
uh, it will be 1.5, right? Uh, so another 300 million people that will, that will travel. So I think this this will not change. And, and this is like in the nature of people. I don't think this virus will change the nature of people. People will want to um, experience things uh, and they will want to you know, travel, um, go to new places. So, so I don't think that's going to change. That's, that's for travel. But when it comes to um, um, investment themes, so like it's, it's pretty... Uh, clear that that now everything online got a huge boost from these you know quarantines and lockdowns, right? So if you look at internet traffic in Italy, I, my friend posted this. So in in the first I think week or the first two weeks of of, the, of, of lockdown and quarantine, the the, the traffic uh, that they saw was like I don't know a few times uh, as much as usual, right? So people started really going online. And uh, I don't know, I, I keep hearing from, from friends that are not in tech that, you know, this is the time where they actually spend, uh, uh, spend time experiencing online um, uh, commerce, right? And, and they're trying to buy things and they're discovering these, all these different marketplaces and services, which they didn't know before, right? Because they didn't have to, right? They could go to a, to a, uh, a shopping mall or, or a shop somewhere in the city center, right? And buy things. Now they can, so they go online and they research. So I think... Uh, this is just going to um, 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 ex explode all the things that are online, right? For, for more people. Um, so, so if that's the case, then, you know, it, it would be pretty obvious to maybe focus on uh, more things, right? In, term, in terms of like online uh, and, and be it, you know, entertainment, be it uh, retail, be it something else. So I think we will see continuing investments uh, into that space. Uh, when it comes to things that uh, that benefit from online, but were sort of represented in the physical world, so like access to all the physical um, 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 uh, services and, and things that we can experience, so like you know, get your guide, for example, a huge uh, uh, success, like True Raider. I think you guys are in it uh, with Ruthie. Yes, yeah. you know, aggregating uh, ex worldwide experiences, right? Uh, will that go away? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it will still continue and people will come back and, and want to sort of uh, do that again. So, so uh, will people stop investing in, in things that are touch, touching the physical uh, environment? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's just going to be even more amplified because more people now, since they have all this time where they're locked at home and they have to you know, some, somehow through the hours, they, they go online and they, they, they experience those things, right? Even that maybe some of those things cannot be used right now, um, outside of the, the pure online things, um, they, will, they will get to see that, right? So, so once, uh, once they are able to go outside, they might want to use those services, right? Absolutely. So uh, in, in terms of like healthcare and, and telemedicine and, and, and things like that, yes, I think uh, this, this you know, created a huge boost in, in terms of... Uh, um, the, the the awareness around it that, that it's you know some things are possible right now, uh, so so maybe we'll see more investments into that because the the market for those things will be growing, um, but it's just like pure speculation, right? Uh, what what did actually change you know since the last financial crisis, right? Uh, 08, 09, significantly. I, I don't I don't see one thing that changed significantly, right? People still do the same things that they've been doing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think maybe they are doing it a little bit more transparently, uh, uh, especially with <laughs> large banks. But uh, a few things uh, changed and many things didn't. You're right. 
So maybe Martin, let's talk about investing now because I see some founders actually raising capital during crisis. They have term sheets, mm-hmm. they're in discussions, they're in due diligence. They are trying to keep the lights on and grow the businesses uh, right after crisis. So you, you mentioned in our previous uh, episode that you're actually looking for new deals. You still have some mm-hmm. uh, dry powder. Um, I want to talk to you about fairness because there are some posts about this that VCs are pulling term sheets, they are renegotiating terms, valuations, th- different rights, different liquidation preferences, etc. Mm-hmm. But in these difficult times, uh, you need to look at both sides of the table, right? Nobody wants to overpay and uh, yeah. you know uh, be very, uh, let's say, aggressive about terms. Uh, but also you need to be balanced uh, because you don't really know how long this is going to last and uh, etc. So what is your take on valuations these days? Will they Mm -hmm. be discounted? Should they be discounted? Will they be adjusted in the future based on some financial metrics? How should the entrepreneurs and VCs go about it in your opinion? Yeah, I I think it's a a very difficult sort of topic because then you you have both sides of the table, right? So what we've been used to for the last, uh, you know, 10 years or, or even more is that everything appreciated, right? So if you look at the stock market, if you look at valuations, if you look at consumption, everything, you know, just, just got bigger, right? So we were used to this, right? Uh, that it's the norm. Now, you know, maybe with, with this uh, sudden contraction, uh, we are starting to, um, to question whether those values were actually correct, right? Um, and like... I, I think I think you know that the, the general public or the, the the voices that we hear on Twitter and, and other places where you know people are sharing that someone pulled the term sheet and uh, I, I think you have to be you have to know more details right around it. So for example, like if you if you say that nothing really changed or nothing really happened and, and it's business as usual, that's obviously not true, right? So if you look at forecasts they have to be recalculated because in most cases um i'm, I'm not talking about the outliers that are actually taking advantage of this uh the situation in, in terms of online um, uh, traffic and, and services but other other things other businesses that were relying on a normal state of the global economy right um you have to somehow price that in right um so that's one thing the other thing is is you have to look at what, actually, what, what can actually be done in the next few months, right? So let's assume that someone um, is out raising money for a software company selling to hotels at the moment, right? We know that they will not be able to sell anything or, or they will sell very little over the next few, few months, right? So if the company is pitching growth, then that's not going to happen, right? Uh, so basically, and, and for example, if it's a larger company with... Um, with a, with a high burn rate, then you know the money that you would be investing now would probably go more towards surviving rather than growing, right? So, so these are the kinds of situations that you have to deal with. I think um, we should see um, a pickup in investments that go towards companies that are sort of on the product phase uh, because they might actually have more access to, to talent as some, some companies uh, uh, let some people go and then those people um, are available in the market. So maybe they can hire them for a bit less. Uh, they, can, they can focus on, on the product. Uh, and, and, and maybe if some customers are 
not able to do business, you know, they, they will be more engaged in terms of, you know, sharing feedback or, or maybe discussing the, the, the product itself, right? So, so those companies, I don't think they should see a problem raising. Um, if they pitch that they are you know, working on a product and, and, and they will do that for several months and then they will go out to the, to the market to try to sort of uh, monetize it. Um, when it. When it comes to um, uh, companies trying to, to raise some, some bridge rounds or, or, or some survival mode capital, right? Uh, Risky financing. Uh, yeah, I, I, th I think I think this is this is case by case, right? So um, there are companies which you know fundamentally didn't sort of change, uh, or their market didn't change because of this uh, this virus, right? So it's a temporary situation, and over the next few months, uh, probably you know uh, it will, will go away, and 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 it will be business as as usual. Maybe there will be a, a a period uh, in which the, the market will start rebuilding and, and it's going to be a bit slower, but then it will, should, should return to the levels as, as we've seen in the past, right? Um, and in those cases, yeah. I think uh, taking advantage of the situation with like uh, very shitty terms uh, might not be the right thing to do on the VC side. Um, should, should there be some negotiation around the, 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 the price or the valuation at which you know, those those financings are done, um, I think it should be some somehow adjusted to the situation, but it shouldn't be predatory. So, like, I don't think you should ask for like a four x liquidation preference or something like that, right? If you yeah. fundamentally believe in the company and you've been with the, with the company, if you're an existing investor, right? It's not the, it's not the dot com bubble days, right? In the US, when I was there, they were there were term sheets with five x liquidation preference because nobody <laughs> believed in the valuations at the time. Yeah, just yeah. a different setup. Now it's not hyped up; it's more defensive. So you don't want to have a situation where uh, you see some founders there back against the wall, and uh, you're the only way out, and you're exploiting the situation. So it, it, these are not, let's say, uh, professional or ethical approaches, and I strongly <laughs> reject. But that was, I think, I, yeah, you also have to have yeah, the there's, and reality check. Yeah, definitely, but it has to go on both sides. So. Um, you know, downsizing and and you know cutting people's salaries, your your own salaries, right? It's it's also a very difficult situation, right? And 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 if you are not seeing that, um, you know, then then you question whether you know this is a joint effort or or not, right? So so I think um, we we are we are in a, in a very difficult situation, uh, all of us, right, on both sides of the table, right? So we should work together to uh, minimize the impact, right? Save as much cash as, as possible, right? And I think if, if someone doesn't understand that this is a temporary thing and, 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 and we, are like we are in a survival mode, um, then you know, maybe you know, refinancing them or, or financing them more doesn't make sense, right? Uh, <clears throat> but if you are seeing that founders and the teams behind the founders are very sort of creative when it comes to uh, approaching this, this crisis. So there are, I don't know, maybe on a leave of absence without pay, uh, maybe they're sort of, you know, minimizing what they take from the company for, for a few weeks uh, to extend the runway. That's the kind of approach uh, that, that, that I think is, is right at this, at this time. And, and it should be somehow reflected in, in the financing terms and those terms should be somehow favorable, right? Um, 
Maybe. So everybody needs to chip in and everybody needs to lift yeah. some type of weight. Uh, it cannot be on one side or the other, but uh, one company in our portfolio is about to close a new round. We are super excited about it. And during the due diligence process, the investors, uh, the new investors asked about the corona impact analysis. And mm -hmm. we were quite uh, nervous about it. I have to say that, you know, uh, depending on, uh, because the company passed the DD with full colors and everything, mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, clean, ready to go. But we also want to see the impact of Corona and what, what you guys are thinking about. What came out all that exercise was that the investor actually wanted to understand the logic of the founders, mm -hmm. if they are realistic, what they are, how they are thinking about it, how they are approaching it. They didn't change anything on the term sheet, nothing. So this mm -hmm. was before Corona. Uh, we went through due diligence until last week, and then this week we had the final discussion. So we're happy to see that they are actually believing the market thesis and the team. Those are two yep. major components. Yep. Because they said the demand is being pulled back now, it will come back. It might come back very fast or very slow, we don't know. But we think yes. if we do this investment, the company will be in a very good position after crisis to be a, a, a target for acquisition because they are in, the, in, in, in certain markets they are leading uh, their mm -hmm. category. So I think I want to use this as a segue to the exit potential because when I was looking at data in 2008 and .com bubble crisis, you saw an increased M&A activity because there were a lot of companies in trouble, A, uh, a lot of good assets that didn't have sufficient financing right after crisis and they didn't go through the crisis that well. And there was some consolidation in certain industries that was a little bit better or faster than the others. What is your take on exits post-corona crisis? Uh, even if we're in a recession, many of these startups mm -hmm. have good talent. Uh, they have developed good innovative products. They could be not in, uh, they, they could be subscale for a financial investment or financial acquisition, but they could be good yeah. for product expansion, market expansion, team uh, you know, acquisition type of thing. What is your take on that uh, exit and m and activity coming up after the crisis? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's somehow going to happen. So if, if you look at uh, how many companies were, were funded in the last two years and, and you know, um, how many of them can, can really survive all of this? Uh, I, th I think there will be plenty of M&A opportunities, right? Uh, so the question I think is, uh, what is going to be the, the, uh, the underlying sort of uh, uh, argument for, for those M&As? Is it going to be like mostly talent, right? Uh, because I, like, if, if we are talking about early stage companies uh, with not much revenue, then that's, that's that's pretty much it, talent, right? Uh, in some cases, maybe it's, it's a deep tech uh, company, you know, there's some technology component to it, but in mo most cases it's talent. So I would, I would see that uh, there will be some consolidation and maybe uh, not from like financial uh, investors, like private equity firms buying up other firms because it's uh, not, not what they do at the early stage. Um, but more like uh, competitors maybe consolidating uh, in, in some markets. Um, and, and I was just analyzing one, one company um, that we didn't end up investing in, but it was an interesting situation where there are three, uh, there are five, uh, five companies globally that, that somehow um, are, are in the lead for the, for the market, right? And, and they, they raised uh, significant amounts of money and now, uh, because they work in an industry that was heavily impacted by, by, by the virus, um, all of them are in, in a kind of stress situation. So, so they are laying off people and, um, and, and trying to figure out like how to save cash and, and survive. So I think in those kinds of situations where you have a very 
concentrated league on the market uh, with just uh, just a few companies. If someone can uh, sort of come out on top uh, out of this this crisis uh, uh, significantly better than than the other competitors, maybe that will post a uh, an interesting consolidation play, right? So if you can add new markets by um, you know partnering with someone or just basically taking someone over, um, you know that might happen um, in some cases. Other than that, I think you know the the M and A activity is, is I think pretty pretty solid when it comes to software companies. Uh, so maybe you know from 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 the likes like I don't know Vista Equity Partners, we will see more uh, large scale uh, acquisitions. Um, I don't know. I, I keep hearing uh, that uh, that Saber, the the travel uh, software company, uh, is 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 valued so cheaply right now that it might be an acquisition target for I don't know Google or someone uh, like that who would like to um, uh, be better positioned uh, in, in travel. So I think yes. Um, I, I think it, it, there might be some very ch- cheap assets uh, at the end of it. Yeah, maybe opportunistic approaches from investors and also portfolio companies who have uh, uh, ammunition to acquire others, competitors, partners, etc. So we'll see. All right. So Martin, yeah. thank you so much for taking time today. I know you're super busy. Um, uh, hopefully we'll get through this all together healthy and safe and then we can talk about bigger and better things in the next few months Um, uh, stay safe and stay healthy and thank you so much Martin thank you very much Abus cheers all right everybody we we heard from Martin Shellac at Innovation Nest Uh, obviously when we first spoke with him situation was quite different and now we are in a different reality we talked about um, tough decisions that entrepreneurs and VC investors have to make during the time of these type of crises and how to cope with it uh, financially, operationally, and what entrepreneurs can do to make sure that they survive the crisis and what they can do after the crisis. It looks like um, uh, hopefully the things will improve uh, in the next few months and we can talk about uh, uh, business again as usual. But uh, wishing everybody, uh, uh, you know, a safe and healthy uh, uh, process during the crisis and hope to be connected in the next episode in the coming weeks. Thank you.